theme tune. Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcast. I'm James Miller, author, journalist, podcaster, and this week I'm delighted to be joined by Neil Gray, MP4. You always get I know, Adrian Schott. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, okay, well, I, I thought that was right, and then I was like, is it Schott or is it just Adrian? I got a bit confused. No, definitely Schott too. Well, there you go, I got it right. Uh, and maybe by Rachel Wearmouth from HuffPost, who is not here now, but I'm hoping is going to burst in at any moment with her wisdom. And she will start, or we'll start, and then she'll join in if she turns up by talking about this. There's the party horn. Um, we started with ask her to leave. That's what the PM asked her to leave. <laughs> ask her to stand. They are, I've got Brexit on the minds. <laughs> ask her to leave. Ask her to stay. Ask her to stand was the hashtag. Did mm. you ask somebody to stand today? Did you ask one of your constituents to come and stand? No, I didn't. And that's to my shame. Is I that because you hate women? It's clearly not. Um, no, I, 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 that, that was something that I neglected to do. I should have done... Um, it's a good idea, uh, you know, uh, the centenary of the the um, allowing women the vote is um, something that, you know, we've um, marked well, I think, in the UK Parliament and, and elsewhere. And yes. um, But I myself have failed miserably um, well, by, by not getting involved in this one. Particular draw your own conclusions from that. But, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, well, I think, the thing about it, right, is that somebody said something about we need a more representative parliament which always drives me nuts, because we don't want a representative parliament, do we? Do you want a representative parliament? But Well, the, the, of course, that was Jeremy... Do you want murderers it, and such people in It was parliament? Jeremy Corbyn. I found that ironic because it was Jeremy Corbyn that asked that, 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 that said that we, we have to have a more representative parliament. Of course, he's, you know, white, middle-class, yes. uh, you know, greying yeah. man. Um, so there was a bit of an irony there in, in, in him saying that. But, you know, it, it shouldn't be only for... Um, uh, minorities and people who um, are, uh, you know, not well represented, uh, to make that case, it should be open to men uh, to be able to make the case for better representation as well. And Very true, um, he uh, for she, yeah, as absolutely. Emma Watson yeah. puts it, yeah, um, yeah. But you don't want a representative parliament, do you? It, do you want a representative? It needs to be more representative. Ah, oh, I mean, that's why, it. A more representative. But, but why? Parliament. Yeah, but why? You know, I, I, I don't see why that isn't something that we should be striving for of course it is that is but it does drive me nuts when people say we want a representative parliament because we don't we want the best people in parliament we don't want all sorts of idiots you know do you want a parliament of well let's not go there there are I mean there there are idiots already in parliament I was going to say that I think think parliament has got its fair share name 24 of them whatever they're up to at the moment not 48 of them anyway we know that (laughs) Um, yes PMQs Uh, it was a bit Brexit heavy wasn't it yeah, it was just kind of a rerun of Thursday in a lot of ways, and I think everyone was kind of hoping that since Thursday, you know, you know, th- all this drama would have played out a little bit more than what it actually has, and so I think that's where Corbyn was going with his questions was just, um, you know, right, where's the let's get the crisis? Where's the crisis? Um, now, to the prime minister's, um, you know you've got to admire in certain ways her resilience and her dignity in the way that she's handled herself um, since Thursday because, you know, as things were falling in about her ears and her colleagues were lambasting her, she carried on. She um, 
uh, stuck to her path and her chosen path and stuck to her lines. Now, some would say that, okay, that kind of speaks to some of the other areas where she's utterly tenured to uh, the need for change, such as well, universal uh, credit. And, I believe somebody said she needs to start listening in, in PMQs. Today. Which was where I was going to, you ah, know, and Ian Blackford, I think, done. Um, was uh, actually, you know, won't be surprised to hear me say, struck the right tone and followed on from where Nicola Sturgeon uh, led yesterday, which was, you know, this cannot be a, a choice, but you know, a false choice between uh, no deal or this very bad deal. Uh, there has to be other options on the table. There is, um, you know, the uh, opportunity for uh, a coalition of the willing in Parliament to um, achieve a better path. Um, and um, it's up to Labour to come to the table and... Um, Work with the SNP in that in that regard, but at the moment it doesn't seem that that's the case. They're they're just as divided in the Labour Party as what the Tories are. Well, I believe there's a very good article on the New Statesman website about this about Labour about. and the SNP working together. Right. Uh, something about how they could work get along very well, Jeremy Corbyn and Nicola Sturgeon, if they wanted to. There are issues, obviously, where you know the parties can, all parties can work together, and and politicians could work together. You know. I think getting on well together, I think, is a stretch. I'm, I'm not sure that that's quite where Nicola and Jeremy Corbyn would well together, be. I think. There are plenty of things right, that the Labour both, and the SNP agree on. They both joined CND when they were very yes. young. Yeah. So they've got that anti-nuclear weapons thing going on. Yes. And the SNP don't really like nuclear weapons. But the Labour Party policy is still to maintain nuclear yes, weapons. Yes, but the leader has been against nuclear weapons since he was like a boy. And, and, so and look what influence that he has had as the leader of the party in terms who's of the party's doing, policy. Who's going to be doing the coalition discussions after the next election when Labour needs SNP support no, to get and, and I think yeah, it's absolutely... There's, no, there's, no, there I, are commonalities I, there yeah, that could no, be exploited. And I think, I think um, Stuart MacDonald's point there in, in terms of working together on an anti-trident basis you know is right and i think there are many areas that politicians when they agree on things and different parties should work together i mean i've um in the past had discussions with tories on employment support allowance and trying to get the government to change tack on universal credit and trying to get the government to change tack and i speak to labor politicians oh. as well oh here we go here we go it's rachel weirmouth Hello. with her wisdom Perfect timing. <laughs> Come to share your wisdom. You're live on Channel uh, 4. You are live on Political Yeti's Politics Podcast, <laughs> that's right. Um, all right, we'll tell you what, you've interrupted Neil in full flow about something. Uh, <laughs> no, that's all right, we can move on, I'm sure. No, all right, well, that'll just pull you up on that. Why was Nicola Sturgeon in town yesterday? To try to get yeah, right, the that's, that's Parliament the, into a position where right. there could be an alternative... Uh, put forward to Brexit. That's Tell us the real yeah, story. Yeah, come on, what's the real <laughs> Does she either think that Theresa May's deal is going to get through and she's like, hell's bells, I've been excluded from this, I need to put myself at the centre of this story. Uh, or does she think it's not going to get through Hell's bells! I better go to London and try and make sure there's some sort of deal to avoid no deal. No, I think it, we had a a, a, a meeting um, as a group with the first minister with Nicola Sturgeon, and her intention was absolutely clear that she's determined to try to get the politicians who are of a view that there is a different way that that shouldn't be this false binary choice between no deal or a terrible deal. But why is it because she thinks that this deal will because get through, or because she thinks it won't get through? Political but why now? Does she think the deal is going to get through, or does she think it's not? Oh, come on, James. To, to be fair, why now? This is the, the, the position that Nicola was taking yesterday is not some newfangled 
thinking that all of a sudden has come to the fore. Oh, Nicola why has she come and to Ian and other. Well, because it's coming to the crunch. Oh, come on. It's coming this to stuff the doesn't happen to... by accident. She didn't just wake up on Sunday and think, I fancy a little trip in London. She's gone, right, there's a moment here, I and think, I need I to put myself... I don't think Nicola's ever thought, oh, I fancy a trip to London. I don't no, think that's indeed, ever... as I say in my New Statesman <laughs> piece, unlike her predecessor, she's not a fan of the uh, pleasures of London. Oh, well. um, but, uh, come on, she's a, a good politician, everybody knows that. And she's, I'm just going to write that down, James Miller, Nicola Sturgeon. picked <laughs> this moment for a reason. Well, I, I, right, genuinely, you. genuinely, and I was at the meeting yesterday where she was briefing um, us on the discussions that she's been having, and and to be fair, what she said publicly um, it, it is absolutely the same that she was here in order to uh, try to get that coalition of coalition of a willing I, and I, single I market on, the customs union. Sorry, I, I was um, at the press conference with uh, Nicola Sturgeon shortly after that, yeah. and uh, one of the things she said was that. All of um, your MPs now are ex- on exactly the same page. Mm. Um, does that mean that you're all willing to back a people's vote when it eventually comes to it? Is yeah. everybody everybody's up for that now? Uh, well, yeah, I think if it comes to the Parliament, then you know we've uh, the first minister said, and uh, I don't think there's been. Uh, Have you had conversations with MPs from other parties that would tell you that there's a majority for it? Uh, I've not personally, but I think I'm. I'm not sure if there's a majority yet in Parliament for a people's vote. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure about that. But certainly the momentum is building behind a people's vote. I think that's quite clear. Um, and, How does it happen? Well, yes. That that's the, you know, the big question. The, you, might the, you know, one. the mechanism by which it comes about and the the the, the time um, is obviously marching on. Yeah. So there is there are those arguments um, against it. So if it's going to happen, it needs to happen PDQ. Um, but you know, as a principle, I think there are plenty um, who believe that it's a good idea and that it uh, would be a good way if we cannot stop, uh, if we can't um, come to the position of uh, compromise that the First Minister's proposed, which is the whole of the UK staying in the single market of the customs union, or Scotland getting some form of differential deal which allows us that, um, that access uh, and that membership, um, then clearly stopping Brexit via people's vote is where we would be going to. Right, Rachel, you answer the question then, if he's not going to answer it on that I one, did. about why Nicola is here. Why is, why was Nicola here? Why is Nicola I didn't give down? you the answer that you wanted, <laughs> you, come, James. There's a, because I it's just not don't there. buy it, come on. There's a reason. Why was Nicola here? Is it because she thinks the deal is going to get done and she's going to be excluded? Or does it, is it because she thinks the deal is not going to get done and she needs to build this coalition they're willing to avoid no deal? Um, I... Well, on the face of it, it certainly seems that she's attempting to avoid no deal. Yeah. Um, and that was why she was in conversations with everyone. Yeah. Is the answer to that question depend on your view on whether a deal is going to get done? I guess it does. Because <laughs> I think, I, I'm going to put it on tape. Here we go. I think the deal is going to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you agree? Well, well, one of the surprising things that come from this morning is that Ken Clark's willing to back it. Yes. Yeah. I know. I was discussing this with some people in the pub last night. And they were, Ken Clark's going to back it. I said, all the Remainers will fold because it's better than no deal. Every, to a man and woman, the Tory hardcore Remainers will fold, right? The other story doing the rounds is that there'll be two meaningful votes. Yes. One that is not really very meaningful and then a second <laughs> a second when the, the threat of no deal really is looming large and that will be a crunch moment. Do you buy that? Do I buy that? This idea of the second... I get the feeling that the idea of the second meaningful, two meaningful votes is trendy in Westminster at the moment rather than got any basis in fact. That's my feeling. I guess it gives it gives Theresa May some some room to fail the first time round, I suppose. Yeah, it? and also does which, it avoid? Which sounds credible. <laughs> does it avoid the um, 
problem that she has with the procedure committee recommending that the meaningful vote needs to that the, the motion of the meaningful vote needs to be amendable and yeah. votable before. So you know mm. any amendments that come forward need to be voted on before the substantive motion mm. uh, is voted on. Because clearly, if that's the case, um, it's far harder for her to get her deal through because there will probably be the possibility of an amendment coming forward that could yeah, more get possibility through. of more than one amendment, I suspect. Well, yes, but you know, you know, if if politicians are clever, they will um, put one forward that yeah. doesn't necessarily just suit their ideological position, but might actually get through yes. the house um, and cause major problems to the prime minister. Um, so is this talk of two meaningful votes actually just a ruse in order to get round that issue that the procedure committee has recommended that these amendments need to be well, you made obviously before? You suspect it is. That's my, yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I think it's all a nonsense. Exactly. I, there, the, the, I, I, my hunch is that there's going to be um, a, quite a lengthy debate at some point in the middle of December and then there will be a vote. Mm. Um, win or lose that, I, you know, I think she'd only come back if she lost. She wouldn't come back if she wins it I mean let's face it if she wins it she will be you know running back down down the street celebrating do you agree that you think she'll win it I think um, I mean you're asking a politician to predict politics just now well I'm asking anybody yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I, I do think I, I thought on Thursday I thought not a chance Uh, But now that she is through that initial rocky period and the likes of Ken Clark, as you said, have come through, uh, Amber Rudd is now in Cabinet, um, you know, I think it is more likely that she's going to get it through. um, And, yeah, that's that's not good. I I see no way that the DUP will will come in behind I mean, it unless she secures something absolutely uh, extraordinary in the next few days. Yeah, I admit I'm saying I think she'll get through, but I've no idea how. I mean, I can't I can't do the maths. I can't make the numbers add up, but I've just got a feeling... That... She would be the worst political tactician if she brought a vote to the House without having had a plan of yeah. how to get it through. Yeah. And I think that's fair to say. Uh, that's not to say that she isn't the worst political tactician. That you know, that she's still here. Th- there are you know things that she's done and said that have been ridiculous and boxed her into a corner that of, of entirely of her own making with her own party and with Europe. Um, so I wouldn't put it past her to mm. you know her or the chief whip who apparently can't count um, to be in that mm. sphere. Um, but you would expect her on the most crucial vote that she's probably going to have in her premiership yeah. to have a plan to get it through, yeah. surely. Yeah. Unless, unless this is just the only option she has and she this is, the, this is all she can do and that's this and is she, what it's she's hidden hope, with. basically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's possible, absolutely. I mean, none of us know this thing. But I just, you come back to, as you say, you, you thought it wouldn't, on Thursday, you thought this thing had no hope. Mm. I would suggest, as a member, a fellow member of the press gallery, um... The media have not actually covered themselves in glory in the last few days because on Thursday, Clearly not. <laughs> everybody went mad going, There's going to be a coup and all this sort of stuff. Mm. And nobody went, well, nobody publicly seemed to be going, Hang on, Steve Baker's full of shit. <laughs> all right? Because, I mean, everybody knows he is, right? Um, these people are. Uh, this, all right, I'll, you know, I will put it on the record. <laughs> the ERG people, right, to a man and women are a bit thick. All right, I think that is that fair to say, right? They are genuinely quite stupid. I'm not joining you in this. <laughs> I, I, I just find, you know, they are not the smartest cookies in Parliament. And they're like, oh, we're going to get 48. I mean, that was always... I, I, I don't think it was, it's it was, nonsense. And yet everybody, got, Westminster got itself into a right old froth, going, oh, it's going to happen. And you hang on, you just step back. 
count the numbers. It's a numbers game. Mm. They've got 24 or something who've said they've put in letters, and 24 is not 48. Well, they, uh, some other people would say it's much closer and that it's more mm. like in the 40s. Yeah, but there's just, no evidence for that. But, but this, it's, it's people who are willing to go on, on record because it's a private process, but, I mean, isn't it? I would tell Steve Baker that I'd written a letter if it got him to leave me alone. I mean, that is, <laughs> I mean you know, that is not... That just seems obvious that if you're was, a Tory MP and you've got Steve Baker in you, you go, yeah, I've written a letter, Steve, bog off. <laughs> you know, that seems... I think there's a difference between being stupid and being blinded by your ideology, and I think that's where the ERG folk are. Certainly, I mean, I, I don't think that you could call Steve Baker stupid. He's clearly not. He can't count uh, above 24, it seems. Well, we don't, again, you know, as I said, we don't know that necessarily... Oh, hang on, you can't say we don't know. You can't say there's no evidence. I mean, there's no evidence that when nobody's looking, all the trees get up and dance around, right? That might be true, okay? It, what, but there's no because there's no evidence against what is, it. But what, the ev- what, what the, is you have to true, work with the evidence we have. What is true, and I go back to this, you know, um, worst, you know, tactician, political tactician, is whether or not it was a good idea for Steve Baker and Jacob Rees-Mogg to have this grandiose... You know, press conference outside St Stephen's. I was I was at that press conference and it was it was <laughs> curious. Sort of, Jacob Rees-Mogg's body language was not mm. not as confident as it is as it is normally. I don't, oh, okay. I, don't, I feel like he perhaps may have known at the time that it, it was a bit there, early yeah. and the timing was bad. But but, but if not now, that. if not now for them, when mm. shouldn't the press have asked him that? And they said, Jacob, have you really got forty eight? Name them, or you know, just put him under pressure instead of going, Oh, Jacob Rees Mogg's doing Jacob Rees Mogg is just a man, just yeah, but, a man but, but, on the back and, benches who wrote a letter. Big woo. Well, the, the members of the ERG when they were coming out last night as well were very keen to point out that this is this is Jacob's decision, this is not yeah. our decision as, as the ERG. And there's there's some division there, they're yeah. not all on the same page, they're not division within the, the divided elements. Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, I just, Splintering, which is yeah. what I feel about this idea of the two meaningful votes. I can't help getting it slightly Westminster again, getting itself into a little mm. bubbly froth thing going and t- talking to each other about it and not actually standing back and going, Well, hang on, is that really gonna happen? I well, don't know. We'll surely know pretty soon the, because they're gonna have to tell us. They look like failures as it stands at the moment unless mm-hmm. they, they get the, the 48 in the next yeah. few days and I think that Which will, that would encourage some of those sort of softer Brexiteers to to just get behind May and vote for it as well so it's, it's a nonsense it's good and they should be this week. they should be called out um, and, and going back to the chief whip being unable to count I mean if you can't count now what the numbers are after the RG flushing out you know all of its hardcore flushing out the Labour MPs in terms of where they are standing on the issues mm-hmm. you know your Caroline Flint's and um, Frank Fields et al, et al. Um, if you cannot you know decipher where MPs are now mm. there's no hope for them well Caroline Flint and quite a few Labour MPs have already said they'll, yeah, they'll vote against it yeah, yeah. Mm. It's I, funny I, though, Ju- Julian Smith looks paler every time I see him. He's, he's basically becoming John John uh, Major when he was in his He's definitely yeah, he is, he's becoming <laughs> greyer. He's, he's also losing more hair, I think. He's, he's becoming, uh, yeah. yeah. Don't challenge those volically challenged. That's not fair. No, well, it's just, you know, it's stress, isn't it? That's what happens when you. Yeah. Yeah. Grass doesn't sad. grow on a busy road. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, just back to PMQs, we spoke about Ian Blackford. Well, hang on. just one thing about Ian Blackford. When he threw down his bit of paper, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? 
No, I think the reaction was a bit silly. I mean, Everyone, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it, I mean, threw, it, it, threw his all the paper aside like he was going to do something. Did he already just put it down? I think, as I think it looked like genuine frustration. Well, I think he is genuinely frustrated, and you know that was probably what he was looking for to say. You know, um, this is ridiculous. Why are we still in this position? Why are we talking around? Um, uh, you know, this ridiculous Brexit position that we're in when there's a perfectly logical process to go through if. Theresa May was only willing to have her peel moment with her party. She's just not willing to do that. She wants to uh, please all parts of her party and instead she's displeasing all parts of her party. Nice historical mention there. Peel moment. moment. Mm-hmm. Referring to Robert Peel and the Corn Laws. Yeah. Good. Look it up, everybody. Uh, I, I like a bit of history. Or um, better life. Uh, <laughs> well, that, not, that's the other option. Yeah, but if you're listening to a politics podcast, I think we know which one you're going to do. Um, Jeremy Corbyn. Mm-hmm. Do you believe he has read the deal? No, he hasn't read the deal. And I think regardless of whether he has or he hasn't, it was an incredibly stupid thing to admit that he hadn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, it wasn't just Theresa May that brought that up to him. It was, there was a few other MPs that kind of... It did make him look incompetent. It, he, it's so bad. Never mind a second vote. He hasn't got a first clue. clue. Yeah. Was, that, was that a good line, do we think? Everyone who was in the gallery was tweeting it, so it, it must have hit home. And yeah. then he responded by saying, "No, no, 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 I can't hear you" or something. What did he say? He came out with some really pathetic comeback, didn't he? Went, well, at least I don't smell or something. It was like, <laughs> oh, it was exactly really it pathetic and cringy, wasn't it? Uh, and he said, "The Brexit secretary. I don't know if that's now just a ceremonial post." Yeah. And some people fell around laughing at that. I didn't yeah, quite understand why. Did you? Yeah, felt. Was that meant to be a joke? I presume so, but um, yeah, he did, didn't have a good week this week, did he? He was um, there's a lot of open goals in the last few few weeks, particularly, yes. and um, he just hasn't really scored, hasn't really managed to to land a blow, has he? And, and this is kind of the most vulnerable time for yeah. the prime minister, and he hasn't. And that's part, really got partly because he, he is still a closet Brexiteer, and he's unwilling to embrace Remain. You know, if he, you know. As a leader of the opposition, embracing Remain and uh, you know hitting the Prime Minister where it really hurts in terms of the illogical position that she's taking us to, which is going to damage the economy. If if the leader of the opposition was actually in a space that says no, well, actually let's choose something different, but he can't bring himself to do that because that goes against everything that he stood for, uh, and that's why he's missed those open goals because he's still a closet Brexiteer. Well, he was very just ambivalent about the whole Brexit process when he had when yeah. during this uh, Sophie Ridge interview on Sky, mm. on Sky at the weekend, oh. he said, you know, I haven't I haven't read every last word of it, and then he was he was also asked, you know, how would you vote in a second referendum, and he has just this overwhelmingly pro Remain membership. And he, and he said, you know, oh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know how I'd vote, and you know, it depended what the options were, and it was kind of it just had mm-hmm. echoes of that. What was it? I'm, I'm kind of seven. Oh, or was it yeah, seven yeah. or how seven and a half out of ten? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah it's, it's kind of more of that. It must be if you're a Labour member, you know, out there campaigning for a second vote, you must just be so frustrated with well, Jeremy Corbyn. I mean, that kind of brings us back to the idea that some people in Parliament are a bit silly, and surely Nicola Sturgeon can outwit him and get him on board it's not really is it a case of outwitting him it's persuading him uh, and this is uh, you know, I, I, obviously right, I wasn't you can't persuade him just outwit him trick him <laughs> into signing up to single market single market membership right okay well obviously I think that's something that Keir Starmer's probably been working on for well, quite well, some time true, yes. as well and you know I don't think you know 
tricking the party leader into position is really where you go. You try to persuade and cajole and one put the, the pressure yeah. on. Um, uh, one of the th- um, Nicola Sturgeon after during the press conference after a meeting with um, Corbyn yesterday was was very. Um, I don't know if conciliatory is the word, but she norm- she wasn't as critical as normally she would normally be of Labour. Yeah. And she was asked, you know, what do you think um, Labour's reservations are in terms of the single market? And she said it's, it revolved around state aid and um, freedom of movement. So that was kind of a little bit of pressure for them to look very yeah. anti-freedom uh, of movement still. Uh, yeah. uh, is it on? Is it going to happen? Is what on? What? Uh, is is there going to be this coalition of the willing? Is it going to get pulled together and single market membership will get put before the house and win? Because there's a there's a majority in the house. For, I'm the for... wrong person to have at your podcast to ask that question. You need Jeremy Corbyn here to answer that question. Oh, all right, but you could make a you know you could have a view on whether you think it's going to happen. Whether I think um, Labour is going to move to single market customs union, mm-hmm. or, or you know, are the SNP and Labour going to get? You know, you called it a coalition of the willing. Are they going to get into some sort of coalition of the willing around over Brexit? I hope so. I don't know. I hope so. Um, certainly, you know, Corbyn has been making noises, and he said again today, all options are on the table, which is basically just fodder while they make their mind up about what way the wind is blowing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced, um, given my previous comments around knowing that. Jeremy Corbyn is a, a closet Brexiteer. Okay, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, you missed the discussion at the beginning about ask her to stand. Um, you're a lady. Are you going to stand? A lady? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a woman. Um, am I going to stand? Um, no, no, okay. it's not time soon. No. Um, I'm asking you to stand. You should stand. Okay. It'd be I'll, good. I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Um, and uh, Robert Neal from Bromley and Chiswick. Now, I'm pretty sure he used to be Bob Neal. On the uh, on the order paper, and he's obviously asked to have his name changed to Robert Neal. What's that about? Do we think he's trying to be more of an elder statesman rather than just a golf club bore? Now he's decided to be Robert Neal. Just he's a committee, co- committee chairman, isn't he? Is it? Yeah. Is it something something that? That? I mean, he's it's a bit of nothing, a, but I just thought you, you get asked right at the start. Yeah. When you sign up, what you want your moniker to be? Yeah, because um, um, Martin Pockety Hughes famously changed his name. Yes, because uh, he was Martin Because he got married to yeah. the Martin Pockety Hughes because he's very small. You see, he fits in your pocket. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is his actual name. Um, and just finally on names, which I would have asked you at the beginning. I, I only just realised we used to be colleagues actually for briefly, briefly. only for a bit. I don't remember if we, we yes. overlapped. We did overlap at the Sunday Post, I think. And it's only just realised your name's Rachel Wearmouth. That's correct. And you're from the Wearmouth. That's right. Uh, I grew, What's that I grew about? up near the banks of the I never, river. I never realised this before. Yeah, I know. Uh, talk about nominative determinism. Uh, what, did your, did you choose that name? Did your family <laughs> choose that name? Um, uh, my family were all farmers, all from um, just outside Durham City, literally from on the, the banks. Of, literally on the banks of the river. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I, I don't. I need to think about this. How we could expand this to people being named after where they're from. I mean, that that like, that could be huge. You'd be uh, Orkney. Yeah, you'd be Neil Orkney. Yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah, I'd be okay. Yeah, anyway, I don't really know where that's going. <laughs> I might, I might work it into a feature somehow, but I'm not quite sure what that'll be. Um, okay, listen, we will, uh, we will finish it there. Um, quite, quite enough Brexit talk in general for for well, it was ever, basically really. all Brexit. But that's all it? there is to talk about, isn't it? The only other things that PMQs were uh, ask her to stand. I've written bog off next to Mike Amesbury. I can't remember what well, his question you know, was. You, you, I you, thought you, we were going to discuss footballing MPs. Oh, the footballing MPs. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I've forgotten about that. that yes, I forgot about that. Um, Hannah Bardell and her cunning stunts strikes again. 
after rapping and all that sort of stuff, she decided to play football in the chamber. And then we don't know. Do we know who apologised? Um, three MPs have apologised. Three MPs yeah. have apologised. Hannah isn't one of them. <laughs> oh, is she not? And, and she's kind of said, look, this was a bit of fun on a cross-party basis. And I think the quote was, it's it's 1-0 to Commons sense, as in, like, yeah. House of Commons sense and fun. Oh. So. Do you think you should play football in the Commons chamber? She should be able to play football yeah. in the Commons Well... No, no, I don't <laughs> I can see lots of practical problems with it. For I a don't think it's a good. This is this was the Plus the, 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 the women's uh, the women's M. There's a, a a team of female MPs for the first time. There's always been a team, lots of teams of male people playing football. There's now a team of female MPs. They were supposed to have their first game last night. It got cancelled because of votes. So five of them turned up in their strips, had a little kick about, and took some pictures in the chamber, etc. Um, I think and, I think a picture's fine, but I think so. A little Sit, film of sitting, keeping in the, up. sitting in the speaker's chair and doing the keep you up. I think that's maybe that's maybe stupid, a bit right? You don't sit in the speaker's chair. That's stupid. That is a, a rule. I mean, are you going to tell you know, you are notably, I can't remember, you've called yourself a something on this an extremist or something on this podcast before. I can't remember what you Did called I? yourself. Yeah, I can't remember what you said. You were a headbanger or an extremist oh, really? or something. Yeah, that seems to me, or a crazy man or something. Maybe that's what it was. I can't remember. I think I said you were crazy because you, I said you said there was going to be an election or something, and then there was. So I had to take. Oh it yeah, that, back. that time that I was right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Again. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you were wrong. Do you think you should play football in the Commons Chamber? It, look, I think, I think it was harmless. You know, I could understand why uh, the speaker had to make the statement that he did um, but I don't I think there are worse things that have happened in the House of Commons than uh, some women uh, playing keepy-uppy with a football and at the end of the day raising awareness about women's football so um, I'm not particularly precious about that to be honest but um, I can understand why the speaker had to make the ruling that he did um, but then I think he also understood that it wasn't the most grievous yes. of issues um, to for him to have to deal with, which is why he said, you know, apologies have been made and that's the end of the matter. I don't yeah. expect to go, you know, I, I think he wanted to draw a line pretty quickly underneath it uh, while also taking cognizance of the fact that the clerks were probably quite miffed. Yeah. yeah. Do we know who the three are that apologised then? Um, it was Lou Hig. Yeah. Um, she sat in the chair, wasn't she? I think. Um, the only two that haven't apologised. Tracy sorry. Crouch. Uh, no, Tracy Crouch has apologised. Yes. Louise um, Hay. Alison McGovern and uh, Hannah haven't. Ali's not. Oh, yeah, okay. So Interesting. They also put um, the football at the feet of the Margaret Thatcher uh, statue Ooh. as well. So they've had a lot of fun. I do think wow. it's funny. I just think you wouldn't want to encourage it every week. No, indeed. <laughs> this is the thing with the cunning stunts: is where does it end? That, that Hannah Bardell. She needs to be stopped. Uh, where's it going to end? She's going to do something outrageous, isn't she, eventually? What's it going to be? You got any ideas? What her next cunning stunt's going to be? Again, you've got the wrong MP on your no. podcast. Well, I know I need to get. I do want to get Hannah on before the end of end of term, so uh, hopefully we'll get her on uh, to our discuss cult, her. Our, our culture sports person, so you have to get her in about. What culture? Well, culture, media and sport in terms yes. of, you know, this is you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, oh, podcast with journalists. Um, where does Scotland, Scotland qualify for the World Cup? They were playing a game, the Women's World Cup, they were playing a game at the weekend, weren't they? I think they, 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 they qualified for the World Cup, didn't they? They, they had playoffs. Yeah. That, Whoa, this is terrible. Oh, oh, right. They that, did really no, I don't think. No, I don't think they did. They did really well, but I think they got... They got, they got cuffed the at the weekend in a playoff, but I don't know if it was... 
they got beaten by the they got beaten by the USA one nil, but I think that was a friendly. Yeah, that and they, that, that was a really good performance. But I think uh, they, right. I, I well, there we go. We've just shown our ignorance, um, but luckily we've shown it at the end of the podcast. So you've only just discovered that we all don't know what we're talking <laughs> about. Um, okay, come back next week for some more uh, entirely uninformed chats. Not entirely uninformed, but a bit uninformed. Um, if you want to get in touch in the meantime, I am uh, politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email and at politicalyeti. Twitter. I will say thank you to Neil Gray and thank you to Rachel Wearmouth for joining me. Uh, Come back next week for another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. Thank you.